listening to episode 33, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today we're continuing our conversation with Chandron Thomas. Chandron Thomas is the president of a trillion-dollar global investment management business. As a strategic thinker and trusted advisor, he helps corporations, nonprofits, and religious organizations achieve their purpose and vision. As a masterful communicator and motivational speaker, he enlightens and inspires individuals in the areas of professional and personal development. He's widely respected by professional colleagues for his dedication to excellence and principled business approach. And in 2017, Black Enterprise identified him as one of the most powerful black executives in corporate America. Chandron is also an entrepreneur, previously founding businesses with retail and publishing interests. He's an engaged civic leader, serving on the boards of several nonprofit organizations. And he also serves his local community as associate pastor of his church located on the Chicago's South Side. Chandron speaks and lectures nationally on subjects including vocation, leadership, strategy, investments, personal finance, values, and faith. His passion for communicating led him to author four books, including his recent release, Discover Joy in Work. In the 1950s, Americans had a belief that a rise in technological development would lead to their lives becoming less about work and more about leisure. And although our lives have become much more comfortable as a result of technology, our lives continue to be filled with more things to do, more distractions, and more demands on our time. Instead of working less hours and playing more, we work longer hours. In fact, many American workers are afraid to take the vacation time given to them for fear they will lose control of their work environment, be passed over for a promotion, or be so far behind on their tasks after they return, they prefer to simply stay at work. But this sentiment demonstrates an unbalance in the way we approach our work, and we must deal with it in order to create a healthy work-life synergy. Uh, something else that comes up as you're talking, and I'm thinking about this, is, um, is vacation or time off, taking time yeah. for Sabbath, or yeah, maybe yes. there is just times to get away. How do you think yeah. about that and work that into this uh, situation? I, I think of it on two levels, right? Um, so first of all... Um, I think vacation uh, is really important um, and, 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 and the concept of Sabbath. I think the, the, the concerning thing to me, Chris, is that I don't think a lot of people apply it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that we have to be careful that in this push for more and in this always on um, sort of culture that we've created, what we're actually doing in many instances I think it, it go, it, it's on the verge of making work an idol, right? Yeah. Because if we feel like we truly have to work seven days a week, right? If we can't be present like with our families or fully there when we're with our church or we're in worship, if we feel like, uh, for, and, and this is true for some people, you can't go on a vacation for five days and, and actually really be there, mm-hmm. you have to step back and think, right? What am I actually really worshiping? Mm. Yeah, right. that, that's really a good point, because even even the idea of taking vacation can feel overwhelming because you know you're going to come back and you're going to have two True. weeks worth of work to right. 
to catch up right. on. And so like, you're not really able to relax or do anything. And so, yeah, that idea that even that can indicate that that's an idol, you know, actually it's, that's pretty, uh, appropriate too, because our pastor just Sunday was talking about idols that we worship and just the idea that we become more like the thing that we worship. And so, uh, you know, if, if we become these things that are worshiping our frantic, crazy work, then we become more frantic and, and crazy, crazy and yeah, and less rest. of ourselves. And so, yeah, and yeah. it, it just it sucks all of our joy away. And so, if we believe like the Westminster Catechism says, right, we're meant to glorify God and enjoy Him. Uh, we can't have joy even in those things. And so, uh, no, I think that that's a great answer. That thank you for that. Can um, I just share this? Yeah, Chris? please, please. On that point, because you know, I found that I had to really work on my discipline in this area because I'm one of these people. You know, I'm I'm wired for work, right? You mm-hmm. know, and and I mean, whether it's in my profession or 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 or, or you know, if I'm doing something uh, avocationally, right? But what I what I start doing years ago at work is really drawing a hard line between my time engaged in doing my work professionally and my time uh, with family and church, and and so things like um, I actually have two separate phones, like a personal cell phone and one that I use for work. And when I come home from work, whatever I time I come home, the first thing I do is I put my work phone away. Hmm. Um, I really had to do things like that to create a discipline for myself such that when I was there or I was present with my family, I was fully present. And I was creating a line whereby which I can have that separation or that space. And the reason that was so important is because it, this uh, concept of Sabbath that you talk about. When I go on vacation, you know, I, I, I inform my teams and I say, listen, um, I'm not I'm you know, I'm not irreplaceable. Um, we have competent people who can do the work. So just like I expect for you to be fully there when you go, I'm going to be fully there when I go. And, and the reason I'm bringing that up, Chris, is because I think it speaks to, to what you were raising, which is a really important point. I can't tell you that I was in the same place 10 years ago, but I realized how important that was to many areas of my life. And how being able to create a better level of discipline around that helped me to actually experience more joy in my work. Yeah, I think I think we have, and at least maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I think in general we fear that uh, I don't know. We draw sort of a line around our work in our workplaces, and we 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 tend to get territorial about it, and so we say like, "This is the stuff that I do," and then we, I think we get afraid that if we empower or enable other team members to do the things or pick up some slack if we want to take a week or two off that we will somehow like our work or our place in the the workplace <laughs> hierarchy will be diminished from right. that and so maybe if i could jump all the way down to like uh your chapter on how work promotes growth that maybe there needs to be some personal growth that we have in our own hearts and our own lives to say no, it's okay. I can invite others in. I mean, your your position is is unique as as a president of your organization where you do have to empower other leaders to sort of take the lead, but I'm sure you have sort of the same mentality of, well, if all my executives are doing the things that I'm supposed to do, then what what am I going to do? And so me as sort of a middle tier person, I'm like, well, if I don't get anything done, then I'm going to be worthless and I need to jump in there and do as much as I possibly can, yeah. but maybe there needs to be uh, sort of a relaxing and just say, no, 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 it's okay. My work doesn't have to define who I am. 
it yeah. does give me purpose, but to me that goes back to uh and, and I really enjoy what you, what we talked about earlier with uh answering that question why we're working and coming to work with um uh the right attitude and um understanding how our attitude can really affect our work but if if I'm coming to work and I'm and I'm looking at taking a vacation for a couple of weeks and I have an if I have an attitude that says um I'm I'm doing this to to serve others or to serve myself and to provide for my family and not to serve God, well then letting somebody else do some of my work can be a threat to my livelihood mm-hmm. or a threat to my standing in the company because I'm not doing it for God anymore. I'm doing it for uh some other purpose or or for myself. Yeah. So I think vacation in those situations becomes much more difficult whereas if we were to shift our perspective and like you were talking about move toward serving God, our creator, well, taking two weeks off doesn't matter nearly as much then because it doesn't, it doesn't affect our identity. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't threaten our identity. It's a good way. Yeah. So that's, so it's interesting. Part of what this ties to in part is uh, the second segment of of the book is, is about work ethic. Mm -hmm. And by that, the way I define that is it's a belief that we have that work is in and of itself virtuous and work builds character. Now, what I talk about there, and I think this will tie to the, the, the points that you are both making, there are certain what I call external motivations, uh, that, and there are three that are most common that, that all people have for working. One is a remuneration, so just what we get paid for the work that we do. Um, there's a second, I call these the three R's, it's, it's, it's respect. Like we, 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 uh, the third one is respect, but the second one is uh, recognition. So we want remuneration, we want to get paid. We want to be recognized, right? We want, want people to appreciate what our contribution is. We want to be respected, right? Um, but what I would say is inherently, there's nothing bad about those. But the challenge is, when your external motivation is greater than your internal motivation, that's where the problem comes in. Mm, yeah. And so some, so I think a lot of times it ties back to that. So it's sort of, uh, well, if, if I, if I'm gone, who's going to get the credit, you know, for, for what I was working on, mm-hmm. or if I'm not there, will they view my contribution in the same way? And how might that affect my pay? And so what happens is as we grow and mature personally and spiritually, we develop more and more of what I call a true work ethic. And so I'm focused on the virtue of the work. I'm focused on the, 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 the spiritual part of building character, right? Because the things that, that, are, that God is forming in me, if we believe as we believe, we transition from this life to the next. Th- those, are, those are things that I take with me. You know, the money that I make, what's in my account, you know, the material things that I currently have, many of those will not pass the test of time. Mm -hmm. The relationships that I invest in um, connected to wonderful believers like you all, um, you know, these relationships we carry into eternity. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but not most of the extrinsic or the external stuff we associate with work. And that's where we really have to grow. And that's why I think the proverbial rubber meets the road, because sometimes when, when, when we're talking about our Christian faith, what we find is we, 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 we get a PhD in figuring out how to be religious. <laughs> it's yeah. different, though, of saying, is, is the spiritual fruit really being produced in our lives? 
And if people can't see it through our work ethic, how we show up in the workplace, which, by the way, is where many of us spend most of our waking hours, where then will they see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I want to be sensitive to our time here, and I, we could because I could keep going on this <laughs> rabbit trail for a long time, or not rabbit trail, just on this in this vein here. Um, uh, I think I have two final questions for you. First, though, what is the difference between work-life balance and work-life synergy? Um, so, usually, when people think about work-life balance, which is something that I think, while interesting, doesn't really truly exist, they're thinking about Okay, in a sense, it's almost I have work on one scale and then I have, in a sense, all the rest of you know my life. These things are important to me in another. And I've got to constantly fight to keep these, you know, in balance. Mm -hmm. And so what I what I argue is what we're really looking for is work life synergy. I actually want to pursue ultimately my work in such a way. And that's why the subtitle of the book is transforming your occupation into your vocation. Mm -hmm that it becomes more of a, a calling to me, that I get to a point where my work fits seamlessly with my life, where I feel like the things that I do in my work allow me to bring my whole self to it, right? And I, and I think that's important because on any given day, right, say, for instance, if, if, the, if your line of work is working um, in education, maybe um, part of the thing that you really love is the investment that you can make into the lives of, say, young people. There are going to be times where you have to make sacrifices to spend exceptional time above and beyond what, say, your normal hours would be. And by definition, that would take time away from other things, maybe even time for your family, right? Mm -hmm. At that particular point in time, are you in balance? Not in the no. way that people think of it. Yeah. But if it's if it's what you feel called to do, if you feel that God is working through you in that way and you're touching the life of that young person, is there synergy there? Is there oneness between the work that you do and your ultimate purpose or call in life? I would argue the answer to that is yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool way of 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 thinking about it. And, and really, I guess, you know, if you if you try to strict. I mean, stick uh, too strictly to like this idea of a work-life balance, you can actually get into legalism even in your work life and home life, yes. I suppose. And instead of just saying, well, what does the situation uh, demand of me or what is God calling me to, to do in this moment with whatever right. resources he's given me? So uh, that's, a, that's a really great way of thinking about that. Um, a final question. Uh, what do you want people to take away from your book? Like, what is the transformation you hope takes place after someone reads this? Well, well, well there are a couple of things. First of all, I, I say, look, I, I'm a believer, and my beliefs and my convictions come through. But I, but I, but I'm clear in this intent. Um, the book is dedicated to the working world, so in this instance, I was not writing a book exclusively to believers. Mm -hmm. I'm writing a book to all people who work um, because I think through communicating uh, the message there that not only can it impact, you know, how people think about work, but I think ultimately because how we work can be a form of worship done well and done right. It ultimately can indeed connect people with God. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very strongly about, um, uh, you know, 
starting with who I want the audience to be. And it, it is to anybody breathing and reading, right, um, who engages in work. Now, if I take that the next level, really wanting um, people to, 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 to really appreciate and understand that we are truly created in the image and likeness of God. And among other things, we have God's creative ability. And while, yes, there are times where we will run into challenges or struggles, ultimately, work at its core is meant to be joyful. And I know joy is not a term that people associate necessarily uh, with work, but I think it's absolutely what God is intending. And so the last thing would be really working on, and hopefully through the leading of the Spirit, through the truths that people may discover in this book, and hopefully it leads them to the most important book ever written, right? Mm -hmm. That people can understand how the Spirit can help us through that transformation in terms of causing us to look differently about how we see work, how we see the workplace, how we understand work ethic, and ultimately um, this calling that I want um, people to realize in their lives and looking at, you know, sort of their journey over time uh, in terms of being a true vocational calling. Yeah, well, thank you so much for writing this book and, um, again, writing it to the audience because I, I think it's it's an incredibly important uh, work that you've taken on, and it's it, it's a great witness just because of the work that you've done. And so I think, I think you've demonstrated that very well in what you, what you're doing and what you have done. So, um, thank you so much for that. Uh, where can people go to follow more of your work and uh, pick up a copy of your book? So, um, the good thing is, uh, it's available. The book discover joy and work is available at all your major online outlets. Um, so Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Goodreads, you, uh, you go through the likes, uh, it's in a, a lot of major retail stores. Also, if people want to find out not only more about the book, um, but, you know, this whole what I call Discover Joy in Work movement, uh, they certainly can visit uh, uh, my online destination, uh, which is ShundronThomas.com. So in any of those venues, you can find out about the book. And, of course, uh, on the website, ShundronThomas.com, people can uh, find out uh, even more related to that. Yep. And we will have everything linked in the show notes like always. And so I uh, definitely encourage you guys to go over to shundronthomas.com and check out all the different stuff that he's got going over there. So it's a, it's a great website and a great place to get plugged in. So uh, uh, Shundron, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast and uh, sharing your work and your heart with us today. Gentlemen, thank both of you. It's been great being with you. If you walk away from this week's conversation with anything, I want you to understand this. Because your identity as a follower of Christ is in Him, the joy in your work comes from serving Him with your created purpose. This is why step four in creating a lifestyle of discipleship is so important. You know you're called to serve the kingdom of God, but you don't often know how to start even doing that. Yes, you can tell people about Jesus, but there's more to it than that. God created you to serve with purpose to bring glory to God and enjoy Him forever. But your sinful nature gets in the way of that. See, you and I want to protect our identity and our livelihood, so things like taking a vacation or allowing someone else to get credit for our good work become very difficult. 
But if we rest in our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God, serving him with our created purpose becomes easier. So I want to challenge you to take a day off. There will always be more work to do. There will always be someone who needs you. Use this day off, though, to come back to your identity as a daughter or son of God. Ask him to help you find security, fulfillment, and joy in your work by making you more aware of who you are in Christ. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Shundron's work, check out shundronthomas.com. If you like what you've heard this week, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you use. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.